Welcome back to the weekly transfer show. I'm joined as always by my partner in crime, Dean Fitz. How are we doing, Dean? Great to be back. Great to be back. Lewis isn't, isn't ready to make his debut yet, but the tattoo of his name is. So uh, we're getting closer to that big reveal. <laughs> Brilliant. Awesome to have you back after a nice relaxing week in Kiwisadasi. How did it go? All good? Oh, it was amazing, mate. Considering I didn't really want to go over, the missus was going over to get a... She won't, she won't appreciate me saying this, but she went over to get her teeth sort. And, uh, yeah, when I think of Turkey, I just think of people shoving stuff in your face to sell and sweaty, smelly streets and all, but fucking unbelievable to see. Didn't want to come back. The great thing about it was got to watch the Liverpool game while we were over there, half 12 in the in the afternoon and 35 degree. He swamping points like there was no one, like it was going out of business, yeah, so... um. Yeah, great time, great time. Great to be back, fully refreshed. And uh, she's already talking about starting Christmas. So, yeah, this, this is where we are. Happy days. <laughs> That's it. Family life can't beat it. Uh, quick one for you. I believe you want to probably throw a shout out to a good friend in Limerick, new friend of the uh, friend of the show. Yeah, uh, the, the four, we got there Tuesday evening and um, really late. So, we literally just went out for a walk, got a bit of grub, had a couple of points. and bed early because she was up for to be in the dentist at nine o'clock on the Wednesday sitting at the pool the hotel's full of a lot of Eastern Europeans and Dutch and what have you and then I just see a face and you just know when you're away someone from Ireland and I got chatting to a lad called Carl uh, Man United fan fucking top bloke sound as a pound invited us out for dinner that night waiting in the lobby and uh, this guy comes out uh, comes out of lift wearing a pair of flip flops and a pair of ankle socks you knew I was going to slag you about this, Lee, since you were slagging me off your moon short. But uh, hit it off straight away. Had a great night, great crack. Turns out he's an avid Liverpool fan, so uh, we're going to get him on the Shankly session soon. But um, yeah, he um, he joined in the live chat the other day for the, uh, the Champions League um, live chat we had. But um, part of the family now, top bloke. And uh, you see him soon. He, he might come on for an upper tier show, but he's an avid Liverpool fan and he's buzzing to get on the Shankly session. So uh, yeah. welcome, Lee. Yeah, he could be a top guy as well for a Monday mashup as well. So we'll have a bit of crack on that as well. Like I'm sure the only thing though, he won't, he won't, he won't, uh, he won't mind me saying this. The only thing though, when he comes on, we're gonna have to get subscribers for the to, for the listeners because that lim- that Limerick accent, I tell you, you have to stop them and slow them down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll tell him to pace himself, but all good. So as always, if you'd like to support the show before we get into it, on Facebook, the Upper Tier, head over there, drop a like on Twitter at the underscore Upper underscore Tier on Twitter. Get over there, give us a follow, and obviously. Dynamo Podcast Network on YouTube for all the video episodes. You'll also find us if you want audio versions of the show, you'll find us over there on Spotify or wherever you pick up audio versions of the show, iTunes, Podbean, whatever it is, you'll find us there. I suppose let's get into this and there's only one place to start. We did say that this week will be helter-skelter in terms of transfers and boy, did was it such a week. Let's get into it. Ronaldo looked like he was on his way to becoming a blue to rub it in the United fans' faces but last minute conversations are here a number of ex-players rang him and said what are you at Ronnie what's going on get over to the red side of United stop messing about and here we have it Ronaldo the prodigal son back to United yeah uh, very I, I don't know whether I'm surprised or not don't know whether I'm surprised or not Um, I think the main thing that's surprising is, is the fact of his age you know and the, the, the big money that's involved Um. The, the, the thing I will say is, though, regardless of his age, I think he's going to come in and, you know, 
and there's a lot of young players there that need someone like Ronaldo around, you know, to take them to that next level. Um, you know, it's all well and good. You're learning off of Pogba, Fernandez. Um, I was going to say Harry Maguire there for second Jesus, but Varane coming in as well, you know. Um, add Ronaldo to that, you know, takes the pressure off Greenwood, it takes the pressure off Rashford, you know. Um, takes the pressure off Bruno Fernandes because he carried that team for so long. Um, it's a massive boost for the for the for a lot of the fan base. I say a lot of the fan base because I was scrolling through when it was announced that he might be going to Man City. Boy, God, the hatred from... Um, majority or minority of United fans wishing death on him and injury and ill ill health. And then it's announced that he's coming back to Man United and he's the Messiah again and they're all laddering themselves up with oil to crawl up his ass. Um, yeah, I, I'm surprised. I thought he would have went for the big money move, but, you know, with Messi going to PSG, that kind of stopped any big move happening. There was nowhere else really for him to go other than Man City or Man United and... Um, I think it would have done him an injustice to his, not so much his career, but had he went to Man City and Doherty to be with Man United, you know, considering the relationship he had with Ferguson and when he came back to Man United with, to Old Trafford with Real Madrid, you know, he was greeted like like some, like he'd never left the club, you know, stuff like that. But it's great for the league. Uh, it's great for the, the top four, you know, it's going to take United again to another level. I said that with Ryan coming in and I said with Sancho coming in, you know, they, they were two players that they really, really needed. Ronaldo adds, for me, at least 25 more goals to that Man United team. Mm. Um, so that, that it's it's heating up really, really nice at the top. It's it's hard to pick a winner for the league now. Yeah, absolutely. It certainly, um, it certainly puts them very much in the picture now in terms of a title challenge. The one, the one thing you mentioned there about taking the pressure off players, does it take the pressure off players or does it add more pressure? Because this guy's coming in has a huge expectation in terms of performance level. And he's going to be looking to the Rashfords and the Greenwoods and the Sanchos of this world and go, this is where we should be at. This is Man United. Not here, not here. And certainly not a draw at Southampton. Won't be good enough. I don't think you'll have a problem in terms of Pogba and in terms of Bruno because they, they have the ability to step up. And I'm just wondering, we spoke about it, we did a, a podcast that'll be dropping today on this Ronaldo situation with our cohort of Man United friends on the network. So Greg, Ted and Darren came on and they were talking about how George Mendes had done a great job on this. He basically put it out to a number of clubs. This is what we want. If anyone's interested, come and talk to us. No messing about. And City said sort of maybe, but dwelled on it. And United stepped in straight away and said, Ronnie's coming home. So the question is, is Solskjaer going to have the ability, I brought it up last night on the podcast, is Solskjaer going to have the ability to be able to manage these guys, to let these guys know when someone has to sit out, when someone's resting, when you're going to rotate, and how that's going to happen. Is he going to have, have the ability to do that? And will Ronaldo, by raising the stakes at United now, add pressure? I, I think that the, the most pressure here is on Solskjaer. I say it takes the pressure off players. I only say that because Bruno Fernandes carried that team last year. Hands down. Any United fan who doesn't say he carried that team is a lawyer. Um, Greenwood, you know, he's going to be an exceptional player. Um, without Ronaldo there, or say if uh, Fernandes gets injured, you know, Greenwood's had a flying start to the season. I just think it kind of allows him to take a step back, you know, to learn more from Ronaldo. Rashford coming back from an injury. If Ronaldo's not there when Rashford comes back, he's thrown straight back into the deep end. That, that's why I mean by that. The one person I think is going to fail proper, proper. There's going to be a fire burning under Solskjaer now. 
as soon as they have, no, not saying they will, if United go through a rough period, the, the, the magnifying glass is coming out, it's put in front of the sun and he is going to start the bone. If he doesn't win a trophy or if your Man United aren't doing great come January, I think they, they'll flick the switch on him. I thought they would have flicked the switch during the summer instead of giving him a new contract. The pressure is really, really on him now. He's had the opportunity to win 11 trophies. He's won none. You know, they had their best season in, what, nine years, mm-hmm. ten years, and they finished second last season, didn't win a trophy, got to a Europa League final. And with the players they had, let's be real, they should have won that final. They they kind of, you know, they had the opportunities to win it. They couldn't they couldn't break down a very, very stubborn Villarreal side. Uh, and here we are. The, the pressure's going to be on anybody. It's going to be on Solskjaer because, as you said, Ronaldo's going to come in there, a born winner, you you know, I don't need to talk about the stats. I don't need to talk about his success. He's coming in there and automatically everyone needs to lift their level another 10, 20, 30%. Yeah. So, you know, everything here now, this is Solskjaer's make or break. And as I said, if you know, with the money they've spent, you know, there's big money going into this Ronaldo deal. They've spent over 140 million, is it? 140 million on Varane and Sancho. He's really going to feel the pressure. A couple of bad results. The Liverpool game comes around if Liverpool beat them. City game comes around if City beat them. Uh, I said during the summer, Liverpool are going to go under the radar there. We get on to Liverpool on the Shankly session and probably later on in this show regarding signings. With the money that the Chelsea have spent, with City have spent on one player and United have now spent on the three players, Liverpool can go under the radar here because I guarantee you now when there's a discussion on Monday Night Football about it, I guarantee you, Solskjaer or Carragher and Neville are going to be asked if they're going to change that top four that they picked on the first weekend of the season. I guarantee there'll be a couple of changes there and I guarantee that Gary Neville is putting Man United down as favourites for the league because, as I said, Liverpool can go under the radar now. You know, there's a lot of fans out there are disgruntled that not, not making any signings, you know, not bringing any fresh ideas. So the pressure is completely off Liverpool, in my opinion. Yeah, and then I suppose with the media jumping on the bandwagon as well and maybe changing their picks for the top four, that mounts even more pressure on. So you've got to account for that as well. But I just think um, the, the one thing I sort of asked the lads last night, I mean, talking about winning silverware, I think when you've made this kind of investment and you've brought these type of players in, we ain't talking a Carabao Cup or an FA Cup. We're talking this has to be a league or a Champions League. This, or both. Or, or both, but it can't be an FA Cup as much as we love the FA Cup or a Carabao Cup, it's not, Ronaldo's not that level, Varane's not that level, Sancho won't be that level, you know what I mean? So it has to be a hell of a lot more than that. Um, but yeah, it's it's very, very interesting. And, you know, it remains to be seen, will the pressure mount or will they get off to a flying start? I mean, they did stutter at Southampton. There is still issues there. They did need a CDM. I don't know whether they're going to bring a CDM in now because they probably throwing the money at the Ronaldo deal. The other thing I was sort of concerned about as well a little bit would be that, like, this guy wasn't figured into Solskjaer's plans. No. And he has come in. Now, there's no doubt he's a superstar, talent, you know, one of the greats in the game. Probably will go down as the great, if not one of the greats, without a shadow of a doubt. But if he's not in your plan and he suddenly dropped in on top of you, and your plan was maybe to get a CDM. Like, I suppose the question now is really, will they proceed with the Trippier deal to co- provide that cover for Juan Basaka? I, I think as well. I, I think they, they pulled the trigger too quickly here on this. Ronaldo became available. For me, this is a romance thing. You know, you come here for two years, finish out a career at Man United. 
is Christian. I don't know what the lad said. I'll, I'll look at, I'll watch the podcast from last night when you release it. I don't know what the lad's opinion is on this. I imagine they're all buzzing, you know, Ronnie's coming home, blah, blah, blah. Is a 36-year-old, 37-year-old Ronaldo, regardless of how great a player he is, is he something that Man United need to go and challenge for the league? Because I still think there is a bit of vulnerability regarding the left-back cover, the right-back cover, the CDM. You know, Cavani is there. Is he going to get this run? I can't imagine Cavani's going to be happy to be playing like in rotation as a big part. What does Rashford make of the situation? You know, it's... Well, see, it, the, it boys, is, the, boys, the, boys, the boys mentioned that Cavani will be going off to four international games over the next four months. But because he's... Is going Ronaldo to, not playing internationals, no? Yeah, but the problem with Cavani is Cavani has to do the, you know, the 10-day isolation thing after mm. each trip. So they were saying that Ronaldo coming in is perfect timing in terms of providing cover in that area as well for Cavani. Um, that, was, that was one of their real concerns. Um, but I just I just think it's 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 one of those things. I suppose the other side of it as well is we know he's a physical specimen, but even a physical yeah. specimen at 36 or 37, will his body be able to stand up to the rigors and the, the you know the, the brutality of the Premier League as opposed to you know when he was at Real Madrid and when he was at Juventus? I think I think the most brutal league is the Premier League in terms of physicality and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so that remains to be seen as well. But I mean, look, it's going to be really interesting for us. And I mean, if you're if you're reasonably a neutral, it's great getting these names back into the league and stuff like that. Lifts the profile. And who knows what might happen? I mean, if you know, we'll get on to talk about Kylian Mbappe in a minute. But Kylian Mbappe now might be looking at the Premier League and go, you know, maybe the dream move to Real is not where I should be going now. Maybe the Premier League is where it's at with these guys coming in, Varane, Ronaldo, Sancho, all these big players, you know. So it remains to be seen. Yeah. But it's it's a great bit of business for United. Look, they'll make the money back alone in marketing and jersey sales and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a no-brainer. And I think this was a deal that had to be done really, really quick because a number of teams would have been interested in them, and especially at that deal, because it was, it was, to me, a very, very good deal. It wasn't expensive at all when you think about it, you know, overall in terms of his image rights and marketing and everything else, you know. Um. Let's move on and talk about Jules Kunde going to Chelsea. I think this is a given now at this stage because they were waiting really just to tie down the deal for Kurt Zuma, who's gone off to West Ham. Um, great bit of business by West Ham, by the way. Um, Moyes absolutely knocking it out of the park there at West Ham at the moment. And Zuma going in there will only strengthen them greatly at the back. I think he's a wonderful player. And I think at 25 million, it's a great bit of business. But yeah, it does playing, do. every, playing every week as well there, like it's yeah. going to suit him down to the ground, you know, he's going to get better. Mm-hmm. But what it does do now, it leaves that door wide open for Jules Kunde now to come into Chelsea, strengthening their squad as well. And we know the business that they've done as well, absolutely outstanding with Lukaku and stuff like that. Um, what are you thinking on that situation? Yeah, we talked about him, I think, for about four weeks. We talked about him every week, uh, exceptional player. Again, I'll say that regarding the, the defensive situation Chelsea have and the backup that they have as well, you know, even though it's going to be a big money signing, he doesn't necessarily have to come in and hit the ground running. You know, he's going to be playing with Oida Rudiger. He's going to be playing with Thiago Silva, you know, two, two fucking beasts in that in that position. You know what I mean? So he's going to have time to settle as well. And with the squad that City have or with that Chelsea have, you know, he will he will be given time to bed in as well. But I talked we talked about him for a few weeks on the bounce. Um exceptional play. You know, he's gonna again another big name coming into the Premier League. It's, this this season is going to be absolutely frightening with the names that have been brought in, with the squads that have been built. Yet like 
I thought I said it uh, before the Euro started about the standard of European football dropping. This is another example of the standard of European football dropping because you have all these great players coming into the Premier League on top of what's already there and Naldo coming back. As you said, if you're in any way in neutral, you know, you're tuning in to the Premier League every week. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, if you're the Premier League, I mean, you're salvating at the mouth as well, aren't you? Because I'd be going out and nearly renegotiating the broadcasting money at this stage with these stars. Oh, 100%. Out, you know, the, 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 poor, the poor old La Liga. It's gone down to the Scottish division uh, standard <laughs> now where the players have left. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's, let's talk about our own uh, Liverpool. Uh, word came out yesterday that they'd made an official approach with Brighton for Yves Bazuma. Um, we know how good this player is he's absolutely brilliant at Brighton box to box, absolute stalwart in midfield would certainly fit that Liverpool pattern if you like of signing players in terms of youth, in terms of reasonable money, in terms of money ball, could roll up all that kind of stuff, but certainly would slot brilliantly into that Gini Wijnaldum role wouldn't he? Oh 100% and with the names that are there already of Harvey Elliott, Cordes Jones Thiago, Henderson, Ox Minamino was Get to, to, to feature, you know, um, with with Kanate coming in as well, we have that option of playing the three at the back with the two wing backs. But we just seem to have cover all over the pitch now, and and I do think that that's what we're missing is just that name to come in, you know, just to fill the gap left in the squad. With Genie Wijnaldum, um, plays week in week out at Brighton, you know, he's box to box, he pops up with goals, he pops up with the assists, hard tough player, doesn't shake from challenges, you know. That's what we need in the middle of the park because we talked about last night on the preview to today's game. A lot of these big, big games are going to be won in the middle of the park because you look at the attack of the, the top four, top five, top six, you know, some really, really good attacking players. But then you've also got really, really good defensive structures there in them teams. Tonight's game is going to be won in the middle of the park. You know, for Liverpool to bring in East Wasilma, I think it's about 40 million to talk about. I do yeah. think the offer will be around probably mid thirties, um, you know, with add-ons and stuff like that and bonuses and what have you. But yeah, be very, very considering the names that we were linked with. And I'm, as you know, I'm a bit, uh, bit frustrated that we didn't bring in any of the names that we did mention. Now, this is a guy who's played in the Premier League, so you know he he doesn't need time to adapt. You know what I mean? And coming in under Klopp with, with the names that we've said around them as well, you know, giving time to bed in, you know, and he will get game time. It, it's only going to benefit the young lads that are in the squad coming through and it's going to benefit the likes of Henderson, Fabinho, Thiago because it takes the pressure off them as well. So, yeah, it'd be a very, very good addition to the team. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the other big news this week, which is obviously Kylian Mbappe, who's always big news. Um couple of things that come out of this to me one is why does he want to leave PSG which is kind of strange then the second thing is why does he want to go to Real Madrid with the current situation and then I suppose the third thing is where the hell are Real Madrid getting 160 million when they're already in over 700 million of debt and why are they paying 160 million for a player where they could do a pre-contract agreement with him in January and get him basically on a free or a sign and on fee to him I think that the I think the panic is set in around Madrid. That there, I think there are seven hundred and thirty million in debt, and they owe five hundred million for the new roof on the stadium, which leaves them one point two billion in debt, one point two billion in, in the red. Um, I think they fear if they don't get this deal done now, that you know if 
if if he gets to January and he says, right, I'm going to keep me options open and see how the season goes, let's say at Man City or let's say at Liverpool or let's see, you know, other teams, what happens if Real Madrid don't have a good season? I'm just saying, for instance, you know, Real Madrid aren't the force they used to be. What happens if Real Madrid get knocked out of the Champions League? And who's to say that comes around to, to January and Liverpool are doing really, really well, have qualified for the knockout stage. And I'm only saying Liverpool as a Liverpool fan. Mm. This could be a Man United, this could be a Man City. Or this could be a Bayern Munich. Well, you never fairness, know. In fairness, he's been he's been linked with Liverpool as well, so it's a fair conversation. Yeah. But let's say it comes around to January, and you know, strange things have happened. Real Madrid get knocked out of Champions League. Liverpool are flying. Liverpool, you know, come in with a sustainable offer. Nike step in and help out on the deal, and he's turned around and says, "Right, I'll go to Liverpool in the summer." Liverpool. Fingers crossed, go on and win a Premier League, go on and win a Champions League. He comes in at the marquee signing next summer. We get another 25, 30, 40 goals out of Mane or a Salah. And, you know, someone comes in with a massive, massive bid for them, you know, and it's one paving the way for the other. You know, these things can happen in football nowadays. Football is just skyrocketed into a different mm-hmm. stratosphere, you know, and I'm, I'm a massive advocate and I stick by this 100%. The standard in Europe is nearly on the floor, in my opinion. And the Premier League, with the money that's going to be coming back in now with these TV deals and all, is going to shoot through the roof. So, you know, I think Real Madrid are panicking now. You know, there's an opportunity there to really stand on the neck of Barcelona. Can Atletico Madrid sustain what they done last year? We don't know. We'll see in time. But Real Madrid know that they need to get back into the the big names, the Galacticos coming in and get back to being successful, get back to Champions League, get back to La Liga. And for me, they're panicking. They're really, really panicking. They spend 160 million four months before they can sign this guy on a free. It shows the panic that's there. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose their concern maybe is he might head off somewhere else and they'll have missed out. And obviously they need that second coming of a Messi or a Ronaldo. To they need to replace Ronaldo. Yeah. They need to replace Ronaldo and he's a young lad who'll come in there and he will be he'll be a, a Messi Ronaldo 3.0, you know, they, he's going to be the face of La Liga and La Liga will want this as well. They'll want Kylian Mbappe coming in there and putting the spotlight back on there, yeah. thinking that maybe he'll come in, Real Madrid get better, Barcelona start getting back to that level again. Mm. If anyone needs to benefit from this as much as Real Madrid, it's La Liga because the eye is off them completely now. Yeah. Well, if you're listening to the show or if you're watching the show, of course, head over there, drop those likes and subscribes and support the show. Dave, do you want to tell our viewers we have a nice little show planned coming up Tuesday evening? Myself and yourself oh. are going to look like we're off to the Debs or something like that. But we will be suited We will be suited and booted for deadline day. Give our viewers a taste of what they can expect. Yeah, Tuesday night, transfer window closed, I think at 11 o'clock, is it? Yeah, yeah 11 o'clock. Um, you have to tune in for this one. We've got the green screens ready. We've got the Sky Studio. We have the upper tier. Uh, deadline Day Studio. The Deadline Day Studio ready, yeah. This is going to be a good one. All the lads are going to be tuning in. Any any transfers that are happening, um, we're going to have a, a few mock-ups as well, taking the piss out of uh, previous transfers that never happened i.e. Peter Odom Wingy sitting outside <laughs> long this road waiting to get signed until he finds out that he's actually not getting signed but uh, I'm really looking Tuesday night is going to be great banter and uh, yeah I really hope that everyone I know Lee is going to be watching this when it comes out Lee you have to get the Limerick Massive on and we'll be taking live calls as well and we'll be getting lads to hop in last second as well any big transfers around the league from uh, respected clubs as well 
yeah, yeah, really, really, this is going to be great, Craig. Yeah, we're going to be sharing the link out there, the Zoom link out there with all the all the subscribers and stuff like that. So anyone who wants to jump on and have their say about their their team or whether they were happy or not happy, who they should have got, who they got, all that kind of stuff, we're going to be going through that. Plus, we're going to be doing a full review and breakdown of all the key transfers that have happened in this window. But it's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be like another milestone for the upper tier on the Dynamo Podcast Network, another live to YouTube. So we'll have fun. I had great fun the other day with Greg doing the Champions League, even though it was a long old show, but we did have a lot of fun. So Nearly as long as a Paul Pogba Penno was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> nice <laughs> one. Um, let's move on a quick one. Obviously, I didn't ask you last week. You, you were away. Um, Shakiri to Leon. Um Kind of okay to see him go, but also kind of sad to see him go because he's kind of a little character, isn't he, really? Yeah, yeah, well-loved in the squad. Um, we talked about him a lot a couple of weeks previous. Um, sad, sad sad, to see him go, but, you know, he, he, he paid his dues. He popped up with some memorable uh, memorable moments. And, um, you know, all the best in the new adventure. But, uh, yeah, I, I'll always remember the... Uh, Man United game and coming off the bench and, and scoring the two goals and celebrating into the cup with his traditional arms folded um, celebration, the game against Barcelona as well, absolutely outstanding that night when no one gave us a hope, but um, sad to see him go, but you know, I think it's time to part ways and start a new adventure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so another story that broke this week, Dean, was obviously the impending move for Mbappe to Real Madrid from PSG but the replacement was a strange one for me um, apparently PSG are looking at um, Richarlison um, what was your thinking on that one? This completely took me by surprise that if you would have if you would have done a, if you would have sat down with 10 fo- football fans when this broke about Mbappe possibly leaving and asked those 10 football fans to name 10 players to possibly replace him I could guarantee that nobody would have put Richardson on a list. Um, I, don't, I honestly don't know what to make of this. I, I genuinely don't know what to make of this. Um, could it be a case of someone coming in like that where he'd be happy to not play every week? You know what I mean? He's not a big ego. He'll come in there and... Uh, I, I honestly don't know what to make of this, Noel. It's, it's so out of the blue. It's very, very surprising that his name was even mentioned in the situation because... We, we did think that the first name that we'd have heard would be Mo Salah. Um, I think they want to stay away from that because that's going to cost big, big money too. Um, Richardson, how much how much do we think that that deal would cost? You know, give us a rough estimate. You know, we can't... He is a decent player, but, you know, is, is, Messi, and, is Messi and Neymar enough there? You know, when you take Mbappe's goals over, you know, look at his record with PSG. Um, over the last few years, you know, you're li- obviously you're, you're Messi coming in, you know, when you're losing, you're losing Mbappe. They've predominantly played with a front three. Is is Richardson good enough to fit in with those two boys and fire them to a Champions League? I don't think so. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what to make of this, Noel. I'd love to get an Everton's fan, an Everton fan's perspective, but Cornelius went hiding when Everton lost. Mm. the first match last season <laughs> um, yeah I, I honestly don't know what to make of this Noel. I, I don't think Everton will be a fancy letting him go either you know he was there mm. he was one of the standout performers coming towards the end of the season last year and him and Carver Lou complement each other 
it's very, very late in the window as well. Everton don't have time to replace him, so I, I honestly can't see that deal coming to fruition. But mm. yeah, a club like PSG and a, a player like Richardson, I, I don't know, man. No, like I really don't know what to make of that. Mm. Yeah, no, it's a, it was a strange one to me, all right. But I suppose when they have the star power, star power that's there now with Messi and Neymar and these other players, bringing Richarlison in, which is kind of a little lower key, if you like might make sense and obviously the connection there you know would probably work you know I, I think I think he's a really really good player I just don't think we've seen the best of him to his potential at Everton he's not and I think maybe he's not if he went to PSG, the Champions League yeah yeah so I think maybe if he went to PSG I think maybe you'd see a, a more complete player if you like was, um, yeah well I just we talked about with, with uh the, the French League you know they have the luxury of it it's a bad bad league you know Lille I think PSG will saunter to the league this season, if I'm honest. You know, Lille had a really, really good season last year and then they've they've lost a few players. I think the manager left within a week after they won the league. You know, PSG, with the players they brought in, Donnarumma, Hakimi, Didi Wijnaldum, uh, Ramos, Lionel Messi, they're going to saunter to that league. Their main focus this year is the Champions League. So maybe they're looking at Richardson coming in and just being kind of a standout league player, you know, I don't think there's many players who couldn't go into that league and score goals, which keeps freshness in Neymar and Messi because with the group that they got in the Champions League, like that's a big test. If they don't get out of that group, I think they will. If they don't get out of that group, Pochettino is gone, you know, before Christmas. Um, so they're going to be looking at probably someone coming in. and That's probably where they're looking at with Charleston. He'll come in. I think anybody could score goals in that league. I think if they fucking brought in Harry Kane in a wheelchair, he'd score goals in that league. Yeah, um, yeah I think that could be the, the, the ideology behind it. It's not going to cost big money and it keeps the freshness down in Messi and Neymar for those big Champions League games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, small bit of news that came out there the other day. Apparently, United are in talks with Dortmund um, over a deal for Diogo Dallo. Um, I think this is a tidy little player. Um, certainly was on loan, I think, at Milan last year and had a decent season. Um, but he's um he's come back and obviously I mean they're looking at Trippier and stuff like that. But I think Dallo, he's he's quite a versatile player and he would add certainly something to that United squad. I know they're looking at Trippier, so maybe that's what's driving the decision. Maybe they have a deal in place for Trippier, they just haven't announced it or something like that. But certainly looking at Dallo last year when he was on loan certainly he's quite a versatile player and certainly going forward he's a very very good player and um, <coughs> I think United you know they might maybe want to reconsider hanging on to him yeah definitely um, what, one thing I say with this the, I watched the Euro yeah, the European under 21 championships during the summer and I think he was part of that squad and, and he'd done very, very well. And then he was in the, the Spanish or the Portuguese senior squad. I think there was an injury in the squad and he was brought in. And I'm, I'm not sure. I think he started I think he started all the games that he that he was involved in. And for me, I, I thought he was very, very thought he was very, very good. You know, when like if Wan Basaka there, you know, one of the best right backs in the league. Um for me, the lot is is more than good enough to be his uh you know, to, to be his stand-in or, you know, like second choice, um, second choice uh, right back. Uh, if I'm a United fan, I want him to stay, if I'm honest. You know, we played almost every game for AC Milan last year. He done very, very well. Um, he was part of the, Scot the Portuguese side for the, for the Euros and in my opinion, he done very, very well. 
why go out and spend the money, you know, to bring in a, a Trippier? Like, Trippier is very, very good. He should be starting every week. Um, is Trippier going to want to come in and, mm. you know, sit on the bench? Wan-Bissaka, we know how good he is. Trippier can play left-back as well. Luke Shaw, for me, was the best left-back in the league last year. So, if I'm Ole, I'm looking at keeping the lot and seeing where we can go with that for another year. Mm. Um, instead of wasting the money and, and put that money for the Trippier deal into the CDM. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, that probably would be the way to go. Um, let's finish out with one bit of news that came out this week. I know Ian won't appreciate this because we're always banging on about this guy, but <laughs> Timo Werner, um, it's kind of a, a conundrum really, isn't it, when you think about it? Yeah. But news came out this week that apparently um, a conversation was had that he was going to be used as part of the deal for Lukaku. Now, obviously, that didn't happen. Um, but it's um, for a lad who's sort of lacking confidence and they're trying to build him up and he's supposed to be their man. But obviously, Lukaku has come in, who is the man and the real deal. Um, the fact that that conversation even happened... Um, would show. What, would that show that our thinking all along about this lad was probably spot on? I think so, and whether Ian wants to admit it or not, for me, I'd let, I'd let Werner go. You know, Italian league, or back to the German league, is his is his level. And saying that, he could start today and score the winner against Liverpool. I mean, you'll be about eating humble pie, but then it could be a case of he's getting thrown in to do what we said last night. You know, it's just pull the centre-halves away from Lukaku, because I think if Lukaku plays up top, I think he'll be swallowed up by Van Dijk and Matip. Um, Klopp won't necessarily go out a game plan to just man-mark him. We both know that Van Dijk and Matip are good enough to, to do a job on Lukaku. Um, and the only way I see Werner playing today is if it's a case of putting two up top to kind of pull them away from him and free up a bit of space for Lukaku. But I, I go back weeks, Noel, I said about Werner, if if Chelsea go out and spend the money on Haaland, for me, it's the final nail in the coffin for Werner. I don't think Tuchel has the patience to spend it. I know he didn't spend the money, but big money was spent on him. He was brought in. It was rubbed into Liverpool fans and Liverpool as a close face is that, you know, Lampard sold this massive project. No. Chelsea were the only club that had the money to buy him. And Chelsea went down and bought him for the sake of us not getting him. And it didn't work out well. Yeah, it's all well and good. You're involved in all these goals and you won the Champions League and all. I'd rather have a player scoring goals than being involved in goals, in my opinion, especially when he's the, your standout big money signing as your striker. And with 100 million being spent on Lukaku, do you really want someone like that, like that investment just sitting on the bench? Mm. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think he starts today. And the reason I don't think he starts today, I think when you're talking about the big games that we talk about in the season this year, like the top four when they're playing each other and stuff like that, because chances are few and far between and games are quite tight at that level, I don't think you can afford to have a guy who's going to sail the ball into the back row of the stand. I think you need a guy there who's clinical, like, like a Lukaku. Um, you know, and I just think, I, I don't know whether he'd put him out there today if chances are going to be that tight. Um because you can't afford to miss them, you know, because, it, you know, if you're going to generate maybe four or five clear-cut chances, you want to score two, don't you? And his record shows that that doesn't happen. But I think you're right insofar as, I think in terms of some of the Chelsea fan base, there's a lot of protection for him because of his assists and some of the hard work he does off the ball. 
but he was bought as a goal machine from the Bundesliga. He wasn't bought as an assist. He wasn't bought as a, you know, a work rate exactly. kind of guy. You know what I mean? And and I know Chelsea, some Chelsea fans will come out and say, yeah, well, he played in a different formation there. And now that we have Lukaku there. But, I mean, Lukaku played last week and he didn't. So, <laughs> well, regardless of the formation that he was playing in, all world-class world, world strikers over the years, we've seen they adapt. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, like, look at Mo Salah. He's a winger. And... I think if he scores two goals today, it's 100 Premier League goals in 160 or 160, 61 mm-hmm. games as a winger. And there's still fans out there that down. Timo Werner was brought in. It was really, really roped into the face of Liverpool fans that he was brought in there and he was going to fire Chelsea to a Premier League title, that he was going to hit the ground running. And he didn't hit the ground running. As I said, it's all well and good being involved in goals. But if you're a big money signing as a striker, you don't want to be involved in them goals. You want to be scoring them goals. And the chances that he missed, you know... We've seen great Premier League strikers over the years, Torres, Fowler, Owen, even Emil Heskey. You know, they took nearly everything that was put in front of them. From, in my opinion, if that discussion was had a, a, of him going as a big part for that deal, mm. means that Tuchel has run out of patience with him. And, but Tuchel's not going to come out and say, look, we want him to go, we need to get him off the books. If he wants to stay, for me, he's going to be sitting on the bench every week. Yeah, well, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the whole area evolves because... Certainly, Chelsea probably had a number of choices to make, and it was just an interesting one to touch on in terms of the transfer show because this is the story that came out. Well, listen, my friend, a pleasure as always doing the transfer show each week. We only have two more left. That's the gas thing. We only have next week's one, the deadline day one, and actually, we only have one left. It's just the live deadline day, actually, yeah, because we won't be back next week. And then, and then when the transfer show finishes, then it's full steam ahead on the Shankly sessions. Yeah, we are going to disguise. Well, if you've enjoyed the show today, viewers and listeners, of course, head over there, show your support to us on all the different platforms that we're on. We will be back on Tuesday for the live show covering deadline day. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, so try and join us if you can. It's, it's always good crack. We take it all lighthearted, all of us do, so it's always good fun. This oh, has been, yeah, this has been, I know you're a little bit panicked at the time, but I'm a little bit more calm. But, um, this has been the transfer show, of course, with my buddy Dean, and we will talk to you again on Tuesday. Cheers, bud. Adios, amigo.